Hello, and welcome to another episode of Pot Adieu Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica. And today, we have two guests with us. We'll be speaking with Ben Otto, program coordinator who joins us remotely from Nashville, Tennessee, as well as Michael Mahaney, who is a correspondent in New York City, who is joining us live in the studio, and they are both from Dance Network. Dance Network is the first ever over-the-top digital network dedicated to showcasing all styles and genres of dance. Dance Network's goal is to help dance lovers celebrate together. Featuring over 400 hours of original and licensed video content, live event coverage, revealing blogs, and The Bartender, an in-house podcast featuring in-depth interviews with leaders in the world of dance, Dance Network is becoming the premier outlet for dance entertainment, lifestyle, education, and inspiration. Dance Network offers viewers across the globe access to its content for only $6.99 a month, and this includes original shows, dance competitions, feature films, documentaries, video instructional, blogs, news, podcasts, and live streaming all at your fingertips. So we're very excited to speak with both of our guests from Dance Network today. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks. Thank you for joining us. That was a very nice introduction. That was a very nice introduction. That was a very nice radio voice that you used there too, Ben. Very, very soothing. <laughs> um, both of you have very nice radio voices. <laughs> well, I should say right off the bat that Michael and I, yes, we both are a part of Dance Network. However, Michael is more than that. He's a host. He's a blogger of ours. So in some way, you know, I'm behind the scenes as our program coordinator, but Michael in many ways has been a face of Dance Network. So you know what? His voice should sound good. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was an even nicer introduction. Ben runs the entire show. Uh, he's also hilarious. I don't know why we don't have a show yet for him, but I feel like it's in the works at some point. Sounds like but it. He, uh, yeah, awesome. he, he runs the show over there. So that was very nice of him to say, but he really is the one in charge. All right. So to start off with, tell me briefly how both of you came to be connected with performance and dance. What is your background? Michael, why don't you, you, why don't you start? Okay. So my background in dance actually comes from, from dance. I started out as a performer when I was a kid, and um, I found a sort of a place of safety and comfort in the theater. And when I was in high school... I started to really love musical theater, so I started studying voice, and I started studying dance, and I studied dance privately with my mentor, Mr. Roy Diaz, and eventually decided that I wanted to go into performing as a profession, so I moved to Boston, went to school for musical theater, where I studied dance all through school, and moved to New York, and have worked as a performer. So I came to Dance Network with this sort of background of being a I mean, if you ask my wife if I'm a dancer, she'll tell you, she'll she'll laugh. But I mean, like I maybe a, a good mover per se. But I mean, you know, I have a an actual sort of background where I've been in studio in tights with or tap shoes or whatever have you. So you know, I I feel like having that is a unique perspective that I get to bring to the network. That's great. A diverse perspective of performance and dance in musical theater. Yeah, for sure. And how about you, Ben? And me? And, and I don't have a background in dance. That's why I had Michael go first. <laughs> I, I don't. I, 
I'm mortally afraid of dance. I have uh, two left feet and then some. It's, it's something that I enjoy. I get pleasure out of seeing people enjoying dance, but I don't partake in it myself. So you're probably wondering, well, then why are you working at Dance Network? Well, my background is in entertainment and Dance Network really is the fusion of, as far as our personnel goes, of people whose backgrounds are in dance and those who are in entertainment. So my boss, for instance, David Campbell, who's our chief content officer, his background is in entertainment. He was a television producer for years, several shows you may have heard of like Doug and PBJ Otter, Pinky Dinky Doo, a lot of kids programming. He was a theatrical producer on Broadway. Sugar Babies was his big thing. And then was a comedy manager for several years in the early 90s in New York. Helped guide the early careers of Louis C.K. and Higgins Brothers and Gruber, Joel Hodgson of Mystery Science Theater 3000 fame. So part of our company are, are people like that, people who, who have backgrounds in entertainment. I, I lived in LA a couple of years ago and worked at an agency and later at a production company. Moved to Nashville in 2014, I think it was, and, and wanted to stay in the entertainment space. So I got hooked up with Dance Network, which was at the, at the time just this new sort of budding thing and uh, was started by our, our two co-founders who are the other side of the coin. They are dancers themselves. One is Julie Stadler, who is a, a Nashville native who, who discovered dance kind of late in her life after taking a tango class with our other co-founder, David Medeiros, who is a ballroom champion and dance instructor. So we kind of got all types here. We've got 10 full-time staff down here in Nashville. And then people like Michael, who who will help us out, cover red carpets or write blogs. But all that to say, I, I don't dance. I don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's my background. <laughs> but I really love that Dance Network has this entertainment background, but also this dance focus. And can you speak a little bit to how that provides a unique perspective in the dance world? Sure. I want to start by saying it all starts with Julie Stadler. She yeah. she was the one who, who like I said, was sort of just uh, didn't dance was not a part of her life for the majority of it. And, and then she takes this class and, and, and she falls in love with it. And she was the one who who sort of she would be going to these competitions around the country, you know, in like Detroit and Columbus and, and down in Savannah, Georgia. And there were all these incredible ballroom dancers, you know, Russian people with with names you couldn't pronounce if your life depended on it. And, and she was wondering, why don't people know? Why don't we know this person? Sure. With, you know, shows like Dancing with the Stars, they've kind of come to the mainstream a little bit more. But but she was enthralled with these people and she wanted to bring their names and their talents and their sacrifices to the forefront. And I think the vehicle in which she thought one could do that in the 21st century was with an OTT, a digital TV network. Now, when I say OTT, what that stands for, it's an acronym. It, it, it's called Over the Top Networks. And, and basically that's that's your Netflixes, that's your Hulus. It's, it's subscription-based as opposed to, you know, having a cable package and, and, and whatnot. So that's what sort of makes us unique is yeah. we're, we're this niche uh, platform. Julie's uh, an really incredible leader. The, you know, she's a, she's a, a, a wonderful person who, who, you know, sort of inspires all of us uh, on a daily basis. I mean, I'm not in the studio every day with, with them, but I know 
just from the experience that I have when I am with Julia. She is just a bright personality, the sweetest person, and a sort of inspirational leader who truly, deeply, you know, down to her soul, loves dance. And, um, you know, like what Ben was saying was had the facility to say, let's let's create a digital network that's just focused on this and share my passion, Julie, or share her passion with with the world in this this new way. And she brought on board some incredible people. Like you're talking about David Campbell, an, another, you know, genius of the television world, you know, David Medeiros, a, an incredible dancer, an incredible Liberty, guy. Liberty Kogan. Yeah, Liberty Kogan, who's uh, she? She's the host of the podcast. She's also a weird tie-in with Liberty. My wife and Liberty actually toured on a musical together. They both did Legally Blonde about ten years ago. Small dance world. <laughs> yeah, it is a small world. So Liberty also brings that perspective of performer. You know, she's she now runs the social media. She hosts par- bartender, and uh, you know, she's comes from a performance background herself. So the team running the show is. Uh, of a very diverse and incredible group of individuals. So, you know, folks like Kristen, Kristen Burt, who's our West Coast uh, correspondent, who's an absolutely incredible journalist uh, and host and reporter. Bridget, uh, one of our other bloggers, you know, we have just uh, this core group of, of folks in Nashville that we get to, that sort of embrace us and let us do what we do, which is... Uh, incredible for any artist or journalist, I would imagine. Absolutely. And, and Jessica, I don't know if that answered your question, but the the point I wanted to make was that it, it all starts and it all started with Julie. She's the one who had this idea and had the wherewithal to say, hey, we should take this new emerging technology, this digital TV and create a platform for it. That's really great. What I really appreciate about your platform is you show such a diversity of dance and that really does come from this passion that you're saying Julie has for dance. And that aligns really well with our mission statement and our values of Potida Podcast, because we do believe that all types of dance should be featured because you don't want some of these silos to be reinforced that do unfortunately exist in the dance world. And I really love that the idea was to bring these artists that she was amazed by to the forefront. And at the end of the day, I think that's the most noble work of a journalist to go behind the scenes and really bring to life what people are doing. Hence why we're talking to you today. <laughs> yeah. And and we try to do that in, in several ways. We've tried to do it in the form of, of creating original programs, original shows, both short and long. We've licensed content that brings names to the forefront. And we do interviews. We like the bartender or or this show we have called To the Point or, you know, Michael or Kristen will write blogs. So several di- different ways in which we're trying to bring individuals and their accomplishments yeah. to the forefront. I mean, I, I think if you look at the content that we produce on a, on a weekly basis, Bridget covers so many different sort of inspirational stories. Kristen covers everything from Dancing with the Stars, So You Think You Can Dance, these sort of big audience television shows. Commercial, rather, if you will. Yeah, commercial network shows, but covers them from from the dancer's perspective. But then she also covers, you know, a story 
a local story about a local dance group. I mean, same thing here in New York City. We we cover New York City Ballet. We cover ABT. We cover Broadway. But at the same time, we also cover New York City Dance Alliance, which is a, a program that that goes around the country putting together dance competitions and classes for students in every city in the U.S. We cover the National Dance Institute, which is Jacques D'Amboise, who is a, a former New York City ballet legend who mm-hmm. created this institute for inner city students to have access to dance every week in their public schools. And they have a, a incredible center up in Harlem that the students can come and perform at. And they have the opportunity to work with Broadway professionals and New York City ballet professionals, all kinds of things. So the content that we are putting out on the network all the time ranges from everything from So You Think You Can Dance, Broadway, New York City ballet, to these kids, you know, and, and everything in between, which makes me feel proud. You know, I, I do. I feel a very large sense of pride for the the different wide variety of content that we are able to produce and get out to everybody. Yeah, that's so great. And on that note, So since we are speaking with you, Michael, and you are a correspondent, tell us about what you do in this role and what have been some events that you've covered recently and what are some of your favorite interviews? Yeah. So as a network correspondent, I am a dance journalist, which is something that's sort of new for me. My my beat, as it were, would be New York City. And I cover and I report dance news, I host events, I, I write reports and analysis pieces uh, based on on different things that are going on in, in New York City dance. I think some of my favorite events that I've covered, I just recently covered the New York City Ballet Fall Fashion Gala, which was cool because I got to speak with some A-list celebrities. I got to interview Sarah Jessica Parker on the red carpet in front of Lincoln Center, which so was pretty cool. incredible. Yeah. <laughs> I just recently covered an event for the New York City Dance Alliance, which I was just talking about, which was downtown. And I got to interview theater legends, which for me, coming from a musical theater background, was like mind blowing. I'm sitting there, you know, standing there talking to Ben Vereen and Anne Ranking and Joel Gray and all of these people whom I've looked up to for years and years and years. And to be able to stand there <laughs> and speak with them. It sort of like unleashed my inner fan and also, <laughs> you know, being a journalist, it was like it was such a sort of weird, amazing event. But I think, you know, like what we were talking about before, the one thing that I, I feel that I bring to the network is this sort of sympathetic <laughs> bias. You know, we don't we're not producing political content, so we're not. There is no bias one way or the other. We're just creating and celebrating dance. So for me, my unique perspective is that I can sort of sympathize with these performers. Mm-hmm. So when I'm I'm not there to critique, I'm not a critic. I'm when I'm covering events, I'm not, you know, talking about how good or bad somebody was, but they're just to celebrate. So I think that unique perspective of being a performer and a dancer myself dancer air quotes you know we're on the air you can't see my air quotes but dancer <laughs> but we can say you're doing them <laughs> yes you know i think i think that's what's cool about what i get to do mm-hmm. this is sort of a silly side question but when you say you become a fan when you're interviewing people that you really admire how do you keep your cool under pressure <laughs> you know i think as as a 
New Yorker um, as an, an actor and mm-hmm. as a journalist, I realized that I have a job to do. You know, I'm there to get the interview done. But at the same time, I look at it as an opportunity. You know, I am a fan of these these people who, in some cases, I've been lucky enough to call colleagues in some places I would never, <laughs> you know, it's, that's a dream. But to be standing there talking to them, appreciating what they are and knowing that it's an opportunity to get to talk to them about stuff that people want to know about, what I want to know about, sort of calms the the nerves. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're a New Yorker. We're, we, we walk down the street. We see A-list celebrities on the street. And one thing that's cool about this town is that people aren't chasing them down asking for autographs. They just sort of like you see them and – you go, oh, that was really cool, and you keep going on your way. Yeah. So I sort of try to harness <laughs> that that New Yorkerness while understanding that I'm completely freaking out inside about how exciting it is. <laughs> that is so exciting. But you're right. There really is this noble background that we are bringing their lives and their process to light. And I think that is one of my favorite things in doing this kind of work and just interviewing people and you're presenting it in a way too that is not edited and is not put into another format like we see regularly sometimes with reviews or other types of journalism. So can you speak to, I guess, what is your approach to sort of get behind the story and what are you really trying to feature when you're speaking with artists? Oh, that's cool. I I sort of think about it, you know, because I am actively a, a performer. I'm an, I'm an actor, but I do this. And, you know, one of the things I was thinking about and think about often is, you know, the idea of full time and dev- devoting time to one thing or the other. And I sort of think about it as as a journalist and an artist. Those are both things that you can't sort of stop doing, you know, and I think the the two of those things sort of inform each other. So I think of it as instead of being like two different pools that I can sort of tread water in, that it's one giant pool that I can sort of swim all over around in. And my my perspective of writing and interviewing and asking questions as as an actor and an artist and a performer, I think sort of informs my journalism side. And in my short <laughs> career as a journalist and a host, I think, you know, what skills I've sort of developed were sort of born out of the performance side of things. Does Mm. that make sense? Yeah, definitely. And you are a very engaging interviewer from the interviews that I've listened to. Well, that I appreciate that very much. I really just try to ask people questions that I want to know about. You know, I, I, I try to find a balance between making sure I get questions that people other than me will care about. But I generally care about what I'm talking about and what I, who I'm talking to. So I try to, you know, best of my abilities, share that with them and make them comfortable, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like what you do. <laughs> <laughs> Very well. <laughs> thank you. And thank you for that. So can you tell me any fun stories with any interviewees of the past or what have been some interesting interviews you've had recently? I think my favorite moment on Dance Network 
was <laughs> back in 2015 when the network launched, we covered the very first thing that ever aired on Dance Network was the Ohio Star Ball, which is a essentially the World Series of ballroom dance mm. in Ohio. Where in Ohio? Columbus? Is that where? Columbus. We, yeah, it was in Columbus. That's where I'm Is it from? always in You are? Yeah. Did, did you know that the World Series of Dance was in your backyard growing up? <laughs> I had no idea, <laughs> which is it's so funny. It's also possible we could be, you know, we could be embellishing this a little bit. It might be like, you know, it might be the minor league World Series. I mean, dance. the minor league World Series. <laughs> that I, way, dude, it's the World Series of Dance, of ballroom dance. Just trust us on this one, Jessica. Yeah. It's the World Series of Ballroom Dance. <laughs> <laughs> and wow. it, it, either way, it was the very first thing that ever aired on Dance Network. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was sort of fortunate enough to like kind of anchor this broadcast that we were doing with this wonderful uh, reporter, Megan Alexander, who Megan is a host and a correspondent for Inside Edition. Anyway, she was there. We were sort of anchoring this. And... Uh, the first one of the first things we did was we went live to a competition and mm -hmm. the dancers had just cleared the floor and the guy walked out with the giant like broom to sort of, you know, wipe down the floor as like the big towel to sort of clean off the, the sweaty dance floor. Uh -huh. <laughs> and the first thing that came to my mind was, well, there's the Zamboni of the dance world. And that's literally <laughs> what I said. I, I and Megan looked at me like I was the craziest person <laughs> she'd ever <laughs> worked with. We're on live television. I mean, I don't know how many people were watching us. I can't imagine oh, that's that, funny. All that many at the time. But less were watching after that. <laughs> <laughs> this, the Zamboni of the dance world. Like, what are you talking about, Michael? Like, who are you? I love it. Though <laughs> I, I think that's uh, emblematic of uh, digital networks and dance network as a whole, which is you know you're you're figuring it out. As you go along, this whole process has been a lot of self-discovery and and it's been nice. It's been good. Yeah. But I <laughs> I really love that you're providing this sort of real-time content. And that is the nature of the dance world. So it's important that we are commenting on it as it also happens. Yeah. I mean, the dance world is yeah, always changing. Go ahead. Yeah. Live streaming is a component that uh, we are trying to make integral the dance network experience that's yeah. amazing yeah and, and the dance world <clears throat> especially right now is changing constantly i mean mm -hmm. it is always updating itself and with technology the way that it is and dance network and live instagram and live facebook and youtube and all of those things kids are kids not kids but everybody is posting dance all the time and there's you know, tons of content available. So we are constantly out there trying to stay ahead of the game and and follow the trends and see where the trends are leading and talk to the people who are setting the trends. And it's a challenge, but it's also very, very fun. Yeah. On that note, do you find that you're able to connect to non-dancers or has your viewership been primarily dancers or people who, I guess, have some sort of background in dance? You know, we, we just got some some data back and I wish I could give you, I could say for sure, yes, no, this is the case. But no, I, I think we have been able to to connect with non-dancers because, you know, the thing I, I mentioned earlier that I'm not a, a dancer myself 
And I early on in my tenure here, about a year, year and a half ago, I was always second guessing myself when it came to which content we wanted to license pre-existing content or which new content we wanted to develop. And I was always going, I don't, I don't know what dancers want. What do they like? What are they, you know, I don't. And, and I was just always second guessing myself. And, and it took me a while to realize like the viewing habits of dancers and non-dancers alike are the same. People just care about good stories and they care about characters and it doesn't really matter so much you know, what specific genre it's about or what event, what dance event it's about. It's the story. And so to answer your question, I think non-dancers have been attracted to our network and, and some of the content we provide, you know, not because it's it's incredibly niche, but because it, they are just good stories. Some of the some of the things we have on our network. Definitely. Absolutely. And the person who hounds out those stories, like the best of them is Kristen Burt. You know, she pulls in so many, I don't know because I don't know the analytics of it, but I know with Kristen's stories on So You Think You Can Dance and Dancing with the Stars and World of Dance, you know, there are thousands and thousands, millions of fans around the world of those shows. Totally. And people who dance, people who don't dance, I would say probably a majority of them are not dancers that watch those shows and are fascinated by them. Mm -hmm. And the stories that Kristen is telling about these performers and the judges and the people that are working on and around those shows, getting in depth and and understanding those people, those are the kind of stories that non-dancers and dancers alike, I think, are are would be flocking to the network to hear. Definitely. And that brings up a good point that what I also really love about your network is when Someone goes to your network to engage in one type of content, whether it be an interview about someone on So You Think You Can Dance or Dancing with the Stars. They then become exposed to other content, which may not be type of a type of dance that they're familiar with or a genre that maybe they just don't become exposed to. And what has your experience been with, I guess we can sort of call it like, cross-exposure and how do people typically engage with the content on your site? I can probably answer the first part of that question well in that recently we've really sort of honed in on uh, two personas, if you will. Uh, one is what we're calling the iGens, and and these are the, the 13 to 18-year-old kids who are interested in commercial dance, in pop dance. They, they want to know what's going on at the Millennium Dance Complex in LA. They They've seen the latest Scott DW video on YouTube, or, or they they know all the results of the Dancing with the Stars from the night before. Mm-hmm. So you have the iGens uh, on one hand, and then you have the I guess you know what we're calling let's just call them dance enthusiasts, mm-hmm. older in, in the sense of like you know thirty five up, and they're more interested in the documentaries. They're more interested in some of the blogs that Michael's writing. They're more interested in the types of films that you're going to see at a a San Francisco dance film festival or a dance on camera or an American dance uh, festival, you know, the the Jacob's pillow types. I love that. Jacob's pillow types. (laughs) (laughs) I think I might be one of those. But but (laughs) as a result of us targeting those two groups, they're coming to our site. And then they're, yes, there is this sort of cross pollination, if you will, where they're being, you know, the iGens are being exposed to a documentary like Enter the Fawn or Graceful Girls, 
and the you know some of the dance enthusiasts are being exposed to this more commercial content. What that means, I don't know, other than to say we have been sort of tracking these two people, two groups. I absolutely love that you even have information on these two groups, which I think maybe I wasn't aware of, that there were, I don't know, just there's just different viewership in the dance world. So that's amazing that you have that information. And it's also... Well, what is it? It's like, it's like, uh, and, and that's not an extensive list by any means. It's just the two demographics that we've targeted. I think, is it 86 or 89 million dance enthusiasts worldwide? Oh, wow. It's, it's, it's the sort of weird thing where we're trying to create a niche platform for a very broad subject matter, if you will. It's, in, it's incongruent in that sense, mm-hmm. but yeah. Yeah, but I love it. I really just love your approach that you have different types of content on your website. And it's so important in the dance world. I know I've probably said this so many times, even on other episodes, but it's really important that we honor the diversity of dance and the diversity of experiences and choreographers and types of dance. And I just really love that you have this all in one place and everyone can engage with the content differently. Well, and that, and that is a a testament and a, a reflection of our, the personnel who work here because that ballroom content, you know, that's being championed in-house by by David and Julie, the ballroom dancers. Mm-hmm. Those public domain dance films with with Fred Astaire that we have on, well, you know, that's my boss, David, who loves, is just, has an, an affinity for for those things. And and that, the Broadway stuff and those, <laughs> I push those that, commercial push shows, that that, that's going to be, that's going to be lit. So we all bring in a diverse, uh, you know, and I, I love documentaries, so I'm always pushing for the documentary. So it's it's a testament to the people who are here. Yeah, that's amazing. So currently you monetize content via a subscription. Are there any other ways in which you do that? Sure. So so we're an, uh, an SVOD and AVOD network. That means, you know, subscription video on demand and AVOD is advertising video on demand. It's $6.99 a month, but right now you can go to our website and sign up for a free seven-day trial. And, you know, we're always looking for partnerships and brand sponsors, but right now that's that's the sole sort of revenue generator. And has that changed over time? I know earlier we were talking about how the digital world is always changing and we're all trying to keep up with sort of the thought leaders and the direction this is going. But do you see... Or have you seen any changes over time? And do you think we might come upon change again? You know, that's that's probably a, a bigger question than I'm capable of answering. And it, it is still so much the Wild West, these digital digital networks. And I don't know, I think you'd have to like look at what's in the news about Netflix and the amount of money they're putting up, but also the amount <laughs> of money they're spending. I mean, I don't know, we, we, we've spoken to consultants who who specialize in this area and it's just the it's the wild west i don't know where it's gonna go yeah you're right it is kind of the wild west (laughs) but this is also what i really enjoy about some independently produced journalistic endeavors and whatnot you know i think we've reached a point in mainstream journalism where journalism is often working against the dance world. And a lot of artists have complained that the review is not necessarily doing something for them or the way in which a newspaper or 
outlet engages with their work is not necessarily helping a community connect to it. And what are your thoughts on how, I guess, we the field can support dance and continue to support dance? I mean, you're already doing it. You're supporting it in such amazing and awesome ways. But what do you think our role is in the future as as journalists and people who love the dance field? I think the the main thing that we can do that we strive to do at Dance Network is to celebrate, to celebrate the artistry, to celebrate the craft, to celebrate dance and performance. I mean, in the times that we live in, celebration of the arts is, I think, in desperate need. And I think as journalists who cover the dance world and many of us performers ourselves, I think it all comes back to to that word celebration, and I think that's so much of what I strive to do in my my work for the network. And I know you know all the other correspondents and executives and everybody. It's we truly love dance, and we love every angle and everything about it. You know, from from the finest of fine arts at New York City Ballet and American Ballet Theater down to the local town dance school. You know, and, and everything and everybody in between. And I think the best example that we can set is to strive to cover it all and strive to celebrate it all. I love that. <laughs> I yeah, absolutely I, love that. To add on to that, I think, you know, our tag, if you go on our website, is uh, we're for dancers by dancers. And uh, I think that's genuine. I, I really do think Je- uh, Julie and, and by extension, all of us want Dance Network to to be a place where filmmakers can have their videos be seen. I, I think they really do want it to be a place where bloggers can write about things that, that matter to them and can have it be read. So, so yeah, just we are inherently trying to do our part by by being a, a digital platform for people who like to watch dance. And, you know, one thing that I think we ask ourselves a lot, well, what makes us different or, or yeah, why Dance Network? And, and you know, you go on something like Netflix and they've got Restless Creature by Wendy Whalen. And it's, you know, it's kind of a film that I get to uh, you see it in the documentary oh, okay. section and and it uh, you got to scroll a little bit to find it. Or you go to Hulu and and you see the Dance Academy sort of, it's not at the forefront necessarily, but it's, it's there. Whereas, you know, we have that content. We don't have it non-exclusively, but we're championing it in a way that maybe a Netflix or a Hulu will not. We're, we're trying to bring it to the forefront. And the only other thing I was going to say is, uh, yeah, we should, uh, I guess, not eliminate the National Endowment for the Arts. That would be... <laughs> we should hang on to that one for a minute. That I one think. we should yeah. hold on to. Yeah. yeah, that's a start, especially since their mission is to diversify dance and provide funding streams to the artists who might not have access to mm. mainstream funding. It, it all comes down to the National Endowment for the Arts and Dance Network. Yeah, that's right. That's it right there. (laughs) That's why we're here. (laughs) We hold the future of dance in our hands, my friend. (laughs) So, you know, you've sort of talked about this a little bit, but do you see any future developments in terms of developing Dance Network? And where would you like to see Dance Network be in five years in your roles Uh, in Dance Network? mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, do you know for my perch in the in the content department, uh, you know my my purview, my world is is acquiring content and developing original content. I would like to see us continue to acquire high quality 
uh, inspiring content. I would like us to continue to partner with people with strong voices and filmmakers or choreographers or writers or whomever that are capable of, of producing great dance content. And then I think just generally speaking, we, you know, we want every day, we want our platform to be more, we want to improve it to make it more user-friendly and pretty. And, and I think we would like to start to see some more subscribers and to grow that out. And, you know, you, we've, we've taken a, a big swing by, by creating a thing called dance network, you know, mm-hmm. it's, we've got big ambition, but I think it's important to know that we're really, despite the word network, we're, we're really just a startup out of Nashville, Tennessee with 10 people. So <laughs> we're working, we're working on it. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah. I would like to see the network continue to grow or the, the startup as it were <laughs> to continue to grow. I mean, it's a, it's an amazing thing. What it is, what it is, what its intention is, is incredible and necessary. I would like to see Dance Network continue to grow the content to continue to diversify and be be brilliant and, and all of the things that Ben was saying. And specifically, I would love to see Dance Network become more of a household name. I would like people to know what Dance Network is. And I would love for every Broadway performer I run into to know what Dance Network is and to have a subscription and to know about one of the shows that's on Dance Network. I would love to see the continuation of the original content growing. I would love to see, I would love to see like in the future scripted shows. I would love to see, you know, more travel related shows, you know, instructional shows. And of course, like one of the things I think we're all most proud of is our sort of dance news. You know, we are providing a lot of dance news and I would love to see, you know, personally, I'd love to see a show, some sort of like a dance news program, something like that, you know, and and we have a number of those sort of things, but sort of like a consistent sort of dance news program. But that would be amazing. Yeah, (laughs) that's, I, you know, and that's me because I'm a host and a performer. So like, that's, that's something that, that I would like to see because I, I feel proud of the work that we do and, and what could come out of that. But also as an actor, like I was saying, scripted shows, um, more shows about talking to people around the country who dance and what dance means to them and the power of dance and and talking Mm -hmm. to people, you know, like what I have said three times now from from ABT in New York City Ballet, talking to those people and then talking to the people who dance in their local square dance club. You know what I mean? Like getting all perspectives and, and having shows that celebrate that. Yeah, that's great. And, and, I, and I just want to add that I, I hope in saying all of this that your listeners realize that we are not closed off to the dance community at all. Rather, it's the complete opposite. We, we want to talk to people about their ideas and we want to hear different voices. I, I think the, the barriers to entry and getting involved with Dance Network are, are very little. We, we preach a lot this, uh, you know, dance family. And, and I think we want to uh, grow that family. So reach on out to us. Share with us your thoughts, your ideas, because we're, we're open to hearing them. Absolutely. And I love this approach in general to curation, which is community bottom-up driven. And I, I do believe that that, is, that seems to be supported well by your ethos and what you guys are all about. Totally. And I will definitely direct many people to you. And I just really love what you guys have built and what you're working on. 
we've got a short survey on our uh, actually on our platform right now. So go ahead. It's about five questions. That'll that that's a start right there. Love to know your thoughts. Oh, that's great. So you've talked a lot to me about what dance means to you, but what do you do in your free time for hobbies that are not dance related? This is sort of my behind the scenes. (laughs) (laughs) Ben. I will, as, as aforementioned, I avoid dance. I don't, (laughs) not doing that. Oh, whoa boy. Although I'm taking (laughs) dance lessons and uh, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's so much fun. Uh, We'll stop talking about that. Um, (laughs) What do I, uh, what do I do for fun? Well, Nashville is a a great city and I, I know you guys are, are in the greatest city, but I would highly recommend coming down here. It's, it's a fun place to be. There's great food. There's great nightlife. Okay, sports. Uh, I say okay because the, the Titans are playing. And, yeah, they are doing okay. They're not that good. But the Predators are, are very good. And, uh, and and so, you know, as an extension of that, I what do I do in my free time? Well, I, I love comedy. So I love what you are to dance is what I am to comedy. That That's sort of my passion. And I, I love cooking and, and hanging out with my friends and, you know. Stuff, mm. stuff that people do. <laughs> <laughs> I occasionally, ja- you know, jack cars. It's whatever. <laughs> Whenever you just yeah. have the impulse. <laughs> He's hilarious. He really is. He's really, really funny. There's a number of people that work at the network that are very funny. Catherine is also well, I guess uh, very Now funny. would be a good time to give a shameless plug about uh, we have so many pieces of content on our, our, our platform. But there's one that I'm actually I co-star in. And it's called uh, Big Dance Movie. You can see it on our platform. And, and basically what Big Dance Movie is, is it's Mystery Science Theater 3000, if anyone's familiar with that show from Love HBO. It. It's, it's MSTK 3000 meets old dance musicals. And uh, my friend Maury and I filmed a pilot about a year ago for the network that was basically us doing an MSTK 3000, but to Royal Wedding, which was a 1950s, dance musical starring Fred Astaire and I want I think it was Jane Powell was the other one so check that out if you <laughs> I will that sounds so much fun <laughs> and we and we would love to do more I, I mentioned MSTK 3000 earlier in reference to my boss David Campbell he he helped bring that show to HBO so that's right you mentioned that you saw an opportunity 20 years later to do it for Dance Network <laughs> that's amazing I really cannot wait to see it <laughs> it's uh it's silly <laughs> It's actually, it's, it's actually true in that the, the premise is that I am, uh, I've kind of got cold feet. It's my wedding day and I've got cold feet ahead of my wedding day because I don't want to embarrass myself for my first dance. So my partner, Maury, he and I watch Royal Wedding as sort of a, a means to getting me ready for my first dance. You know, it's, it's hey, let's watch Fred Astaire on, <laughs> on screen and see if we can apply that to your, you know, to your issues. It makes no sense whatsoever, but I think it's somewhat. Uh, I love it. <laughs> it sounds great. I really seriously am watching this as soon as possible. <laughs> All right. So how about you, Michael? What do I do for fun? I, uh, I love New York city. I, as Ben said, I think we do, we do live in, in the greatest city in the world. And I love baseball. I'm super into the, into the world series right now, even though I had I kind of have a dog in that race, but I sort of gave up a little bit on the Dodgers a couple years ago when Chase Utley took out the Mets' second baseman, but that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> um, 
I love to cook also. Uh, I love wine. We were talking about wine off the air before. My wife is also a, a performer. She's a, she's about to be on Broadway um, next March. Shameless plug for my wife, Sarah Andreas. She's an amazing dancer and performer. She's about to be in Escape to Margaritaville. So um, my life has sort of been uh, revolved around my dog and my wife's new Broadway show for the last few months. So well, there's been a lot of wine being drunk, but it, <laughs> mostly because it was the only thing that we could do in the free time that we had. So... But yeah, I love to explore the city, eat. Uh, I I like to play golf. I like to hang out with my dog and drink wine and eat food and mm-hmm. talk about dance and see shows and that sort of wonderful thing. Since you both like to cook, what's your favorite cuisine or dish? Ben, what do you say? <laughs> I know that's a really hard thing to answer, especially if you love all food. <laughs> you know, I, I really I enjoy making soups. Me too. Oh. Wait, what's your favorite soup to make? I, I made a soup. It's the fall, and I, I made a soup last week that was butternut squash with uh, prosciutto, gorgonzola, and apples. Dude, that's like a take on my soup, man. I, <laughs> no, no, it's my soup. No, I mean, I have a different soup that's like the brother soup to that. I have uh, like a sweet potato bisque that I make that's basically yams, apples, and then uh, a little bit of heavy cream and red wine with a little chicken stock, and then it's topped with bacon. So it's yeah. like basically Not the same similar. fall soup. <laughs> we might can we just turn this into a food podcast? Yeah, yes. we're just talking about food and wine now. <laughs> well, Jessica, you, you're asking us. What, what about you? Yeah, if you want to know what you like to do, oh, she does really really cool stuff. She was telling me like for her real life, she writes grants and is saving healthcare at the at the same time. But <laughs> I'm curious, like what you do? Grant writing is not easy. It <laughs> is not easy. So that is primarily what I do for my full-time work. I work on demonstration projects in healthcare reform, and I fundraise via government sources to support these projects, but I also help design and implement, et cetera. And it's definitely an interesting time in healthcare. And I also like to torture myself in my free time, so... (laughs) I am also now a full-time student in addition to everything I'm interested in (laughs) at Wesleyan. (laughs) And I am studying at the Institute for Curatorial Practice and Performance. And since I have a social work background, I actually am studying community curation models, and which is actually why I really identify with the programming that you are presenting and how you're, you know, looking for some community sourcing in the content that you provide. And then when I'm not doing that, I'm clubbing and dancing in Berlin or any nightclub. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, Brian, our engineer, just wrote me a note and it said clubbing in Berlin. So he wanted to make sure I didn't forget to mention that. (laughs) Have you been clubbing in Berlin? Yes. Was it terrifying or was it awesome? (laughs) It's really interesting because... You know, for a culture that seems very, like, laid back and I very much fit the mindset of Berliners. You know, they're, they just like to party and whatever, show up as you are and let's all party together. But interestingly, their door policies are very exclusive. And you would normally think of exclusive when you think of, like, New York. Like, if your heels aren't high enough, you're not allowed in. But it's totally the opposite there. It's like, if your sneaks aren't cool, you're not getting in. Wow. (laughs) It's, like, so funny. Good tie back into Dance Network because our door policies are are (laughs) – 
Very inclusive. <laughs> Come on in, sign up for your seven day free trial, party with Big Dance Movie, and then uh, <laughs> and then go watch a bunch of interview clips about people that <laughs> love dance on the red carpet while making soup. <laughs> If your tap shoes aren't cool enough, you can't get in. No, Mm -hmm. that's not true at all. (laughs) So, yeah, that's my story. And thank you both so much for sharing what you do with me and sharing information about Dance Network. Is there any other content that you would like to share with our listeners or anything else you'd like to say before we end our session? Well, I think I don't want to be uh, premature in saying this, but Jessica, I, I, I think we have a fun partnership coming up that maybe we want to announce yeah right yeah i think now would be a good time yeah (laughs) are you gonna say that are we allowed to say that so do you do you want to do the honor sure so claire and i are very excited to now be a part of the dance network family so our podcast will be featured on dance network and now listeners can access our content on this amazing network site and we are so excited to be a part of it because As we had talked about earlier, we feel like our mission and our ethos really aligns well with what you're doing. And we love to present different types of dance and give different choreographers and dancers a voice. And we're just very excited to be a part of your network. And it's it's going to be a good compliment to the the podcast we've, we've mentioned before that our Liberty Kogan hosts the bartender because they're, they're same and yet they're the diff they're different. So It'll be nice to have both of those on there. Great. Agreed. Very much so. I, I'm so excited for you guys, and I can't wait to listen to all of the content on the platform. It's going to be it's gonna be sick. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> yeah. We're very excited. Well, thank you both so much for joining us on Pot <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having us.